Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we will meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to all of us. And I'm very pleased today to have as our guest, Kristen Rocha Aldridge, who is the program director at Reach Out and Read New York, Greater New York. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much, Tom. I am incredibly excited and honored to be here today. Well, we're very happy that you are here because I love what, what you're doing in the organization. And what I really want you to start with is just telling us, tell us about Reach Out and Read. What is that? Sure. So Reach Out and Read is a national early literacy-based organization. Um, we have uh, affiliates in every single state. Um, and I work for the New York, Greater New York one. Uh, so we cover the five boroughs of New York City, Long Island, and the Greater Hudson Valley. Um, and what we do is we work with pediatricians um, who give checkups or well child visits to children ages birth to five years old. And each of those checkups starts with a book uh, that Reach Out and Read provides. And so these books are developmentally and culturally appropriate books. Um, and the pediatrician uses it as a developmental screening tool. Um, so the child comes in with their parent or caregiver and they kick off the visit with a book um, and watch the parent and child interact with the book and talk about the importance of early literacy and the chi their child's development and what they can, you know, what they're noticing um, in the adult and child interaction, and then also what they can do at home to continue this. Um, That's quite wonderful. Now, were they doing this before you, your organization came around or are you helping them to get started with this? So Reach Out and Read has actually been around since 1989. Um, and this is something, it was the first model of its kind. Uh, there are some other nonprofits now that do some similar work, um, but Reach Out and Read is really the, the first to work with, with pediatricians in this way. That's wonderful. And you supply the books? Yes. So we Where supply you, as well. many books as possible. <laughs> And where do you get the books or how do you get the books? Yeah, so a lot of our work, um, we are a, a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and so a lot of the money that we use to purchase the books comes from fundraising uh, through grants or individual donations. Um, and right now, uh, we unfortunately can only provide about 50% of our book need. Um, we, the Greater New York Reach Out and Read serves about uh, 255,000 children a year. Um, and that's not even all the birth to five-year-olds. Um, oh, no, but that's area. a lot. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is definitely a lot. Um, and we're really only able to provide 50% of the books that are needed. And so we are um, always on the lookout for ways to, to get more books, more affordable books, but high quality um, so the books that we purchase, you know, we're doing a real push to make sure that the books are diverse, um, not just in race and ethnicity, but also um, ability. And, um, you know, we want to be as inclusive as possible. 
Um, so we, we don't want to be ableist. Um, and we want to make sure that all cultures, races, languages, um, abilities, uh, sexual orientation, everything is represented um, in the, the books that we provide because uh, these books really start conversation. That's a large spectrum that you're, you're dealing with there. And yes. the, now some other, you say languages, how many different languages are you covering at this time? Yes, so uh, fun fact about Queens, uh, Queens has the largest number of different languages in the country um, in a concentrated area. I forget the exact number it is, um, but I know it is a lot. Um, so traditionally our books are, are English and Spanish uh, because those meet the needs of the majority of the families that we serve. Right. However, we also have books um, in Bengali and Chinese and Arabic, Korean, Haitian Creole. Um, we are also always looking to increase the number of languages um, that we're serving. Uh, so recently I got a request for children's books in Burmese, uh, which was a new request for me. So. Now I am on the hunt for uh, high quality children's books in Burmese. So you get these requests from pediatricians, I take it? Yes. So we work as closely as possible with the pediatricians in each of the neighborhoods um, because they, you know, they're the ones who are interacting with their patients on a regular basis and know the neighborhood and the community best. And so listening to what they hear from the families they, they serve, uh, helps us figure out, okay, you know, you need this type of book or that type of book or this language, um, or you're serving, you know, mostly birth to two-year-olds or you're serving mostly three to five-year-olds. So we need books for older kids or whatever it may be. Um, but our pediatricians are really the true, the true partners there. Um, they're the ones on the front lines, just making sure that everything, uh, the family, the children and their, their grownups, uh, need they have. Yes. Now, during this pandemic that we are, have been going through and I guess are still going through, I don't know where pediatricians are doing now, but for a long while, I, I'm at, they could not see patients in, in person. Is that right? Yes. So we had um, quite a few of our pediatric offices, I, hospitals and clinics, um, move from in-person visits to telehealth visits if it didn't require a physical in-person examination or vaccine. So a lot of the well-child visits uh, happened for birth to two-year-olds because they require that physical in-person um, exam as well as uh, the vaccines. Um, but for three to five-year-olds, a lot of those visits could be done uh, via telehealth. And so um, we, again, had to adapt their- Everyone uh, has to adapt these yeah. days. <laughs> so true. <laughs> So how did you adapt? How did you, your organization adapt? Yeah, so we worked with the pediatricians to, um, and Reach Out and Read National um, on some training materials to uh, give our pediatricians a way to connect with their patients over video, over uh, whatever platform that their hospital or clinic was using. Um, and then we also uh, partnered with a for-profit educational company called Books. Um, they are an ebook company and they gave us an insanely generous donation of 75,000 free logins. Um, and so even though the, 
virtual, the visit was happening virtually, which meant we couldn't physically hand the family a book. They were still getting access to eBooks, high quality eBooks uh, that, you know, they, they, uh, that come from popular publishers. And so they still had the, the access to the books, even if it was virtually. Um, the other piece too, is that uh, hopefully if they had already gone to a few uh, visits in person before COVID happened, um, they may have already received some reach out and read books. And so the pediatric provider would ask them to go get their reach out and read book. Um, and they would include the reach out and read program using, you know, a book that the provider had as well as a book, um, with, that they may have in the home. Well, that's fascinating. For some reason, I didn't understand something, which is that those, uh, visits they receive and keep the book that you is given. Yes. That's, that's wonderful. That's so wonderful. we, um, it's so important to have a home library and we know children's books are very expensive. Um, and oftentimes, so the majority of the families that we serve come from low income, low socioeconomic backgrounds. And um, we don't want that to be a limiting factor in having books or a literacy rich household. Um, and so a lot of the families that we serve, actually the only books that they have in their homes are the books that they get from the Reach Out and Read program, which is why it's so important for us to, you know, keep fundraising um, and get book donations for, uh, for our providers. Now, a question that occurs to me is there are publishers who publish these kinds of books. I imagine you, your organization talks to them about donating books. How's that going? Yes. Um, I feel like I'm always in book donation mode. Um, so we work with a lot of different publishers um, uh, to be able to either order uh, books at cost or for a lower than, you know, sticker price uh, that right. you would if you picked it up at a bookstore. Um, and then sometimes they're also able to give donations as well. Um, which is fantastic. We recently had Penguin give us a, a nice donation. Scholastic has given us donations in the past. Um, Scholastic has been incredibly generous. They have uh, sponsored our conferences and events um, and even uh, sit on our board to really help us uh, try to get as many, as many books as possible. Um, do they ever have anything? This is just my curiosity. Yeah. Do they ever book those book companies have any uh, events where they invite pediatricians and talk about what books might be coming out with the good books for, for them to have? So not specifically for, for pediatricians. That's, uh, I feel, more of the, the world of the American Library Association, which is actually something that I'm still involved in. Um, um, the majority of my career I actually spent working um, in the public library system with the New York Public Library. And so that is something that I have been very fortunate enough to take with me to this experience. And so uh, I feel in, in my current role, it's my responsibility to, you know, pay attention to all the different books that are getting published um, and really make sure that the providers know that these books are out there. Um, so we work, you know, just us researching these books and letting the providers know uh, what, uh, what's out there. But we also have partnered most recently with the New York Public Library to help us create book lists um, on, you know, new books and, and some, you know, old and tried and true and trusted wonderful books. Um, to just give those to the providers uh, so they know it's out there, but also to give the book lists to the families. Uh, if they're looking for books about social emotional learning, we want to have a list prepared for them that they could check out at their local library. 
Yes, I, I don't know. As you're talking, I'm thinking what I read as a kid or what I remember. Something about ducklings being led across the street. <laughs> Make way for ducklings. Make way for classic. ducklings. That's it. Yes, classic. <laughs> <laughs> that, I just, it's just stuck. Here I am, you know, 70 plus years later going, <laughs> I remember this book. But that comes back to how important reading is, how important books are yeah. and, and the impact that makes on, on everybody. I imagine you have research that shows that. Yes. I mean, there's so much research around uh, the impact of our program in general um, and how exposure to reach out and read, uh, especially from birth, uh, gives kids a better start um, for school success and life success. Um, those research papers can actually be found on Reach Out and Read National's website, which is just reachoutandread.org. Um, our website is reachoutandreadnyc.org, um, and we have uh, more localized materials versus the the national studies. Um, but I am, you know, I'm a firm believer that a book can change somebody's life, right? Um, myself, I actually wasn't a reader as a child. Um, I got read to every night, which was amazing. Um, but I think I started, uh, once I started school, started getting some distaste for reading. Uh, so it took me a little, a little while to get back into it. Um, but that also speaks to the importance of needing to have a variety of books because you never know what a child is going to be interested in, right? And having following a child's interests is so important to keep them engaged in the world and in school and at home and everything that's that's happening in their life. So making sure that we have a variety of books and a variety of topics and subjects and characters and some funny books, some serious books, um, it makes it a lot easier for children and their, their caregivers to, to connect. What must be a terrible job you have. You have to read those books. Oh yes, just just the worst. Uh, just the worst possible thing to do all day. What are you I, doing today? I'm reading books. <laughs> I don't yet have kids of my own. However, I if you were to look at my bookshelves, they're half filled with children's books. So you'd think I'd have some kids running around. Right. Well, you're preparing. You'll, yes. you'll be ready when the time comes. Exactly. <laughs> now, speaking about reading out loud, in this age of Zoom. And the pandemic where there were, you know, a lot of people not going out, not able to go out. Was there a reading out loud on Zoom or the programs that you had or other people had? Yes. So we were able to adapt our programming um, and start doing some things online. So traditionally, Reach Out and Read just happens in the pediatric office. Um, and we knew that we needed to provide our medical providers with more support as well as the families that they serve. And so we started doing uh, Facebook live read alouds on our Facebook page um, every weekday. Um, and we did that for many, many months. I think it was from mid-March through August or September of 2020. Um, and then we switched to three days a week because as our providers started seeing more patients, we had to shift our are staffing a little bit. Um, sure. I should I should say too, we're a teeny tiny team. You know, we serve two hundred and fifty five thousand kids a year, uh, but our central team, not counting all of our our medical offices that we partner with, we're five full time staff. So that many, huh? <laughs> we are uh, small but mighty, um, and really, you know, doing it as much as we can. And so it's been. Um, 
the virtual programs have been a really great way to connect more directly with the families that we serve. Uh, traditionally, you know, our Reach Out and Read Central staff, um, because of, of HIPAA and privacy, obviously, that we're not in direct contact with the families like our pediatricians are. Right. Um, but doing our virtual programs, these read-alouds, and we also started doing um, workshops, parent and caregiver workshops that were offered in English and Spanish um, about a variety of topics, everything from how to create a literacy-friendly household on a $0 budget to using children's books to discuss race and racism, uh, to having a baby during a pandemic. Uh, we have over 40 of these um, workshops and we're still continuing them. So it's it's been a really great way uh, to broaden our reach um, and deepen it in a, in a different way. That's quite wonderful. Now, who presents those? Who are the people giving them? So, yeah, the workshops in the beginning was all us. Um, <laughs> so, but we've also since then um, been bringing in a lot of guests. Uh, one of my favorite guests uh, was actually for the workshop using children's books to discuss race and racism. Uh, we had Shantae Burns Simpson, uh, who is the outgoing uh, president of the Black Caucus of the American Library Association. Um, and she just gave this really wonderful hands-on workshop um, for medical providers, for librarians, for educators, for parents, caregivers. Um, it was just really incredible to see, right? And that need and that desire was there. Um, we've also brought in uh, some of our pediatricians. Uh, one of our pediatricians, um, Dr. Gina Reynoso, uh, did a Q&A about having uh, baby during a pandemic, uh, which was incredibly helpful because we've been hearing from a lot of um, our providers and other community groups that we're a part of that work directly with families that there during the pandemic weren't a lot of resources for moms who were pregnant. Uh, they were finding resources if they already had kids, but what about pregnancy? And so we wanted to um, showcase the knowledge of some of our pediatricians and make sure that that information got out there into the world. Well, that's all wonderful. And it makes me ask the next question, which is when we are finally finished with that's the right word through <laughs> the pandemic, if, if we're ever finished with the pandemic, but past the point, it's a point where most people are going out and most visits mm -hmm. are in person. It seems that what you're doing online is still very valuable and is an extension of what you're doing with the doctor's office. Is that something that you can imagine continuing? Because some of these things about taking, giving birth whenever, yeah. or you know, reading your, how to read your children, uh, can you see that going on? Most definitely. Um, this is something that, you know, I was recently asked, what is a silver lining from the pandemic and uh, relationship uh, to my work? And it's exactly that. Um, we were able to connect with the families more directly and in that and support our pediatricians in a different way. And in that we realized this is something that we definitely want to continue. You know, uh, not only are the read alouds on our Facebook page, a great way uh, to, and they live there, they're recorded so you can go and access them at any time. Um, they're a great way to connect with families and to um, educate and entertain kids and parents. Um, but it's also been a way for us to engage with our volunteer community. Um, we used to have a lot of in-person volunteers uh, who would read in the waiting rooms of our hospitals and clinics. 
um, before the kids went in for their checkups. And, you know, obviously with COVID, unfortunately, that had to go away. And so this was a way for our wonderful network of volunteers to, to stay connected and also for us to be connected to new volunteers um, and not just volunteers limited in our geographic area, but really all across the, the country. Um, we've been able to engage with children's book authors who have done read-alouds of their own books. Um, which has just been really incredible um, when we otherwise wouldn't have necessarily done that. Yes, it seems wonderful. It's, it's a shame that it had taken COVID to, to give us a silver lining like that, but that is clearly a, a use of, of uh, technical uh, resources to spread this further and further. I think that's wonderful that you're doing all of that. And I, and I can also imagine, you know, authors who write books like this would love to read them aloud. Yes, we've had, oh my gosh, the children's book author world is just really incredible. We've had um, Doreen Cronin who wrote uh, Click Clack Moo Cows That Type, uh, which is an an older children's book, um, but such a a popular one. She read that one. We've had Susie Jaramillo, uh, who is the co-founder of Encantos and has written all of these wonderful bilingual books. you know, and illustrated them and being able to sing them. And it's just, it's been really incredible uh, to have this engagement with, with children's authors, not only for us as staff, but also our medical providers um, and having them be more closely connected to, to the children's literature as well. Well, my thing that comes up for me now is you say you do this in the five boroughs of, of New York. And it's been said now, I don't know if this is really true or not, that where I live, which is Jersey City, is considered informally the sixth borough of New, of, of New York. So please see about extending it to Jersey City. I think there are a lot of people here who could use it. My kids, so my there, kids. Is, there is a reach out and read in New Jersey. So I can I can talk to my colleagues and make sure they're they're in Jersey City. Okay, I mean, it's beyond me. I've got, I've got grown children, but I, I just think the idea is so wonderful. Don't want Jersey City to not have it. (laughs) Definitely not. No, I mean, honestly, one of the greatest things about this program is we really are in every state. Um, And so we don't have the same necessarily footprint in every state. Um, But, uh, you know, again, that comes that comes down to funding as as all nonprofits do. Of course. Absolutely. Well, listen, this has been this fascinating. I want to say it's been because we're almost out out of time. But uh, before we get out of time. People are fascinated by this as I am and would like to learn more or maybe volunteer or maybe you know, get involved on some level. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? So uh, there's a couple of different ways I'll say quickly uh, to support. So obviously donations. Um, you can go to our website, which is reachoutandreadnyc.org. Um, and there's a donate there. You can also donate uh, books. There's a book donation section uh, and a form to fill out, which we would absolutely love. Um, if you're interested in volunteering, there's also a volunteer form uh, on our website as well. Uh, so check out those three things. And then if you have other questions or want to chat with me directly, um, the best thing to do is to send me an email, uh, which is really long because I have uh, multiple names. Um, but it is K Rocha Aldrich. So K R O C H A A L D as in dog R I C H at reach out and read NYC.org. 
Um, email is, is the easiest and fastest way to, to get a hold of me. And I would love to talk to anyone uh, who's interested in supporting us or working with us uh, in any way, shape or form. That is quite wonderful. I am sure there will be people who are interested. Certainly. I hope so. <laughs> and, and if someone, because you're doing some of this uh, remotely, if someone is not in the New York City area, can they get in touch and can they volunteer in some way, you think? A hundred percent. So our uh, virtual read-alouds um, are actually a really great way uh, to, you know, volunteer or from literally any corner of the world. Um, we would love to have you uh, host a, a, a read-aloud. Um, and then also, if you are an expert in a topic um, that you think would be beneficial for a parent or caregiver workshop, we'd also Love to love to hear from you. Um, and these are things too we can pre-record. So if time zones are different and all that sort of a thing, um, we we can make it work and figure it out. What a wonderful resource! That's excellent. That's just superb. Thank and you. Been doing how long have you been working with this organization? So I joined Reach Out and Read um, as the program director in March of 2020. <laughs> so I started, yeah, <laughs> I started a week before the pandemic. Um, which was the heck of a time to start. Uh, look what wonderful things the pandemic brought to your organization. Right, uh, lots of silver linings. Um, but in my previous jobs, um, I had partnered with Reach Out and Read, um, you know, when I was at the library, when I was at Too Small to Fail. And so there are, uh, Reach Out and Read has kind of always been on my radar as, as a wonderful program. And I'm thrilled and honored uh, to be a part of the the New York team. It's just, it's honestly the best job I've ever had in my life. Um, and the team of people is just so wonderful and the work that our pediatricians do, um, you know, every day and especially throughout this pandemic, uh, not only were on the, they on the front lines, but they were still delivering uh, this, this program. Um, if I can, I'd love to share a quick quote oh, from our do. providers, one of our providers, um, during the pandemic, uh, this pediatrician said, the only familiar and normal part of the visit, the well-child visit, is the reach out and read book that is given. The message, the comfort, and the support that the program provides is so critical during this crisis. And that quote, I feel, just speaks volumes. Um, the fact that not only were our providers, you know, they're delivering medical services to the kids and their families, but really providing them with that comfort and sense of, of safety and letting them know that, you know, things will be okay. Um, and here's the plan. Uh, it's just really incredible. Um, our providers are, are superheroes. <laughs> well, yes, indeed. I, I think pediatricians are all around are superheroes, but what you guys are doing together is superhero work. And I, I thank you thank all you. for doing that. And uh, this has been wonderful to have. It's exactly what I, wanted to have on this program is good news. And this is certainly good news, which is gonna continue, which is marvelous. It's not gonna just disappear. You do, I think you're doing excellent work and I thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Um, it's been wonderful uh, to be able to be here on your podcast to talk about this work. Um, it's, I'm, I'm very grateful to, to talk about Reach Out and Read and, and, and spread the message of, of what we do and hopefully uh, get some more support. Well, what you do is very, very important, and I hope you get a lot of support. I'll see Thank if you. I can 
push somebody around to do that too. I'll just <laughs> tell my people, you got to do this, whatever. <laughs> that may not be the right way of doing that. But anyway, <laughs> I think it's very important and very wonderful. And as a father of two grown children, mm-hmm. one day maybe a grandfather, I would like to have more access to books. Absolutely. Exactly. There's a uh, future, potential future grandkids. We'll have to get Absolutely. a book, get you know. books ready for them, please. <laughs> I well, will. For, well, for it. me, actually, it's not. It's for them, but it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's for everyone. It's Children's for books are, are great for adults too. <laughs> well, thank, Kristen, thank you so much for being here. You have been a wonderful guest, and I have to find a reason to have you back. <laughs> thank you so much. I'd be happy to come back anytime. Thank you. Take care now. You too.